Storehouse Dallas. I ask Holy Spirit that you would come and you would anoint. Just bring your words. Fill my mouth, God. All right. More, Lord. More. More Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole reason that we come here and we gather together is for an encounter, you know? I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved to get plugged into a system. I got saved because there was a man that came and got me who knew my name. He knew my name because he created me and he formed me in my mother's womb and and he gave me my name. The life of Jesus is truly the most profound cataclysmic event that happened in all of history. The whole earth looked forward to that moment of the cross. The whole earth looked forward to the birth and the life and the resurrection of Jesus. And since it's happened, the whole earth looks back and remembers the most powerful three words that have ever been spoken is it is finished. And nothing that I can do or you can do or anybody else can do, not Buddha or Muhammad or any religion, false religion, any kind of religion can't do it because it's already been done. It is finished. This life that he lived, the supernatural birth, the supernatural life, the supernatural death, and then the most glorious resurrection, our God, Jesus, who didn't stay in the grave, but he rose up. He changed time. Think about it. He changed time. Our clocks are now set to the moment that he took his last breath. He introduced a new race of people, not a religion, but he introduced a new race of people. That we would be transformed in his likeness. And he created Christ men and Christ women through the actions of the cross. 
Jesus was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. John the Baptist, as he saw him coming up, here he is, John the Baptist. He's in the wilderness. He's baptizing people in the Jordan. And he looks up and he sees Jesus walking towards him. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He saw him for what he was, and he realized that this was going to be the blood that was going to be painted over the doorpost of every human heart. And he was prophesying that the lamb that was slain before the beginning of time had just stepped onto the scene. He was a symbolic Passover lamb. The night before the crucifixion, Jesus is celebrating the Passover, the Passover, the where the blood was put over the doorpost so that the spirit of death would pass over his children. And he's celebrating that. And he said this to his disciple as he introduces communion for the first time. He says this. This is my blood. Not the blood. This is my blood of the new covenant. I am setting forth a new way. It is my blood that is about to be shed for the sin of the whole world. And this just wasn't any blood. He he didn't say, this is blood. This is the blood. He said, it's my blood. And I want you to think about that for the minute. Because what he was saying is, this is supernatural blood. You see, the blood of a child is given by the father. It's not by the mother. It is by the father. And so as when, when he was born a supernatural birth and the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, he established a supernatural blood. The only thing that could cover the sin of the whole world was something that was not of this earth. Which is why Muhammad cannot save. Which is why Buddha cannot save. Because there is no supernatural element to them. Jesus came and he said, listen, everything I do is going to be supernatural. Everything I do is going to have the hand of God on it. And you are going to see that it is not of this world. He was born in a supernatural way. His life was supernatural. Everything he did when he, when he began his ministry and the anointing came upon him was supernatural. Miracles, signs, wonders. He walked on water. He commanded the waves to come down. He multiplied food. He rose, he, he, he raised up the dead to life again. And so he displayed a supernatural life. And then even when he was going to the the cross on the way, I love this. Because as he's going to the cross, in Matthew 20, he says this. 
As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside privately, privately, and he told them what was going to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going to go up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die. Then they will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. And so Jesus is supernaturally telling them the things that are going to come. I don't know about you, but there are so many times when Jesus has prophesied or told me stuff. And just like the disciples, I'm like, it totally, I mean, whoosh, right over my head, I'm like, and then the event happens, and I'm so confused. I'm like, what just happened? And then it's like, oh, wait, you told me, you told me about this. You said this was going to happen. How many of you are with me? So at that moment, when it finally came, and the Roman soldiers came to get him, everything that he spoke came to pass. He was mocked because of who he was. They despised him. Those that he came to save despised him. They didn't honor him. They didn't honor him for being the son of God. They hated him for being the son of God. And so they mocked him. They scourged him. They beat him and tortured him. The whip that they created, the Roman soldiers, they had these whips that had um, metal balls in them and bones, the ends, so that they could exact more pain on people. And there he was, you know, willingly, Submitting himself, not just to death, but he knew. He knew. He said, I'm going to be tortured. They're going to beat me. Thirty-nine stripes. It's told in, in not just the word, but in, in history accounts that it tore his skin open, and so all of his organs were laid bare. And you could see his spinal cord. And then he took the cross. And he made the long journey up to Golgotha. The place where he would die the most unimaginable death. First John says this, First John 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. As I was preparing for today, I, I was meditating on that moment 
And he was receiving the 39 lashes. And I thought to myself over and over and over, I kept seeing him get back up to receive another lash. And it was for love. You know, it was for love. Yes, he was obedient unto death. But it was for love. And the word says that it was because of the joy that was set before it. Because he could see us. He's like, I want them so much. I want them. I want them to come home. I want them in my heart, and I want to spend eternity with them. I don't ever want to be away from them again. So I'm going to stand up again and again and again and again, and I'm going to take another lash for love, another lash for love, another lash that you'll be saved and you'll be healed and you'll be mine. For him... It was personal. You know, I was on this uh, plane ride coming home from California from visiting Ashley and Jeremy. And uh, I was sitting in the airport, and I was waiting for the flight, and uh, they called our flight, and I ran onto the flight, you know, <clears throat> did my deal. And I got on the, I got, I'm on that, you know, the narrow part where that you walk, where no human can actually walk. You're like, excuse me, excuse me. Um, and so I, I realized I left my carry-on luggage uh, back in the airport. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Well, I've never done that, you know. And, and, and so I go back, and then there it is. And so I'm wheeling it back on. Here I go, click, 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 click again down that very narrow. Talk about the narrow way. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going back, and there's only one seat left. Um, Southwest Airlines. There's only one seat left, and so I thought, okay, you're up to something, Lord. You're up to something. Oh, I knew I was in a moment. I'm having a moment. I'm, there's something supernatural about to transpire here. And so I sat between uh, um, an African-American woman and, and, and a businessman. And so um, I got in there, and immediately, bam, whew, I knew it was game on. <laughs> we were about to have a great flight, right? <laughs> and so I turned to her and I said, hey, you know, tell me your name and everything. And usually, how many of you go on a flight and you go, put the earbuds in, you're like, don't talk to me. This was not that flight. Not that I haven't had those, but this was not that flight. And so uh, I, I began to, um, she, she said, yeah, I, I live in LA and I'm a student and I go to school. At, I think it was UCLA or something. I don't know. But anyway, I said, I can see that you're an opera singer. And she's like, <laughs> How'd you know that? And I began to prophesy to her, and I said, you are going to go to France. And when you get to France, you are going to become an intern of a famous opera singer while you're there. And she was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, please, you're saying that because I've applied for this internship in France. And so she's saying all of that, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is really going to be a good one. <laughs> so I thought, all right, I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do with the man, the businessman next to me. So I'm like, Hi. 
well, I can't, I can't get a read on this guy. You know, Holy Spirit's life's like, I can't see anything. It's just totally blocked. And so I just start talking to him and everything. And, and uh, turns out, you know, he starts telling me, well, you know, when you get on a flight and everybody starts telling you their stuff, and you're like, oh, wow, you are really oversharing here. <laughs> Where I'm married. No, anyway. So um, he, he, uh, he starts telling me, you know, his life story, his pain and his sorrows. And, and he starts telling me that he's Catholic and now he's an atheist or I don't know, something like that. An atheist or a, what's that other thing that agnostic, there it is. Yes. I was like, I don't even know, whatever. I got good news for you today, buddy. (laughs) And so as I'm talking to him, this baby, like three rows up, starts crying and I'm not talking crying. You know, you've been on that flight where the baby's like screaming at the top of its lungs, and it has this really sharp sound, and the whole plane is like, please do something, mom. And so doesn't stop crying, doesn't stop crying, doesn't. And I'm thinking, okay, I cannot preach the gospel because this man can't hear me, and so this is really getting annoying. So I just... I don't even know. I just said, hey, you want to see something cool? And he's like, yeah, what? I said, you want to see that baby stop crying? (laughs) And he goes, yes. And I said, all right. In Jesus' name, I command you, baby, to stop crying. And I command the peace of the Lord to come on you. A full-out scream goes, and he goes, what? was that? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, trying to play it cool, like, oh yeah, this happens all the time. (laughs) Oh, that was the Holy Spirit, you know? So I'm, so I said to him, let me ask you a question. I said, do you think that the God of all the universe who created the heavens and the earth and everything in it, who clothed a horse's neck with thunder, who placed the stars in the sky and knows their names, who told the water and the oceans how far it could come, who measures the deep and knows where the snow comes from. who created a baby's breath and a child's laughter and a billowing brook and trees that are so majestic and and flowers that are so beautifully clothed. Do you think that that God said, hey, I think I'm going to send my son down to the earth to be born supernaturally, to die a horrible death on the cross, so that we can start a religion. I said, what about that makes sense? Isn't it more true, as the word says, that he came because of love? And he wanted to bring his children back home to dad that he wanted a family that he could spend eternity with forever. 
And he looked at me and he said, I have never in my life heard anything like that. I never even thought about it that way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life forever and ever and ever. And he will spend eternity with us, and we will spend eternity with him. And I know for myself, and I know so many of you have this very same testimony that I encountered a supernatural God. And when I did, nothing in this earth mattered, but it changed everything in my life. And I said, I have to have that kind of love. I have been changed from the inside out because it's only a supernatural blood that can change the human heart and the human mind so that we too would begin to look just like Jesus. So turn in your Bibles now to Revelation 5. And this is truly one of my favorite scriptures. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It was the Lamb of God that did it all. Chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals. You see, this is John the Beloved, and what he's doing is he's having a vision. He's having an encounter, and he's seeing the things that are transpiring in heaven. As Christ is, is, has been raised from the dead, and he is now in heaven, and this is what is happening. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So John said, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold in the midst of the throne of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the whole earth. And he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood 
out of every tribe and tongue and nation and pe- people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we will reign on the earth. So I looked and I heard a voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. The lamb that was slain has opened the scroll. And so there is a new song that is being sung. It is not only being sung by the 24 elders and the four living creatures and all of the thousands upon thousands upon thousands and countless and countless and countless of angels, but they're all singing the new song, which is there's now a people on the earth and he has come, he has come. The lamb has come and he's bringing home all of father's children back to the father's house and they will become kings and priests and they will release the supernatural Christ that is on the inside of them so that when you're sitting on an airplane, you're not chatting and chewing on someone's ear as Tracy Eckerd, but Christ, the living God, sat right between those two people. And when that man finished hearing the gospel, and he said to me, I've never heard anything like this. The the plane landed. And as I stood up, there was a line of people behind him. I'm thinking they're waiting for me to get out. But they're waiting for me to tell them the story of Jesus. And they said to me, Tell us more about what you were saying. We overheard what you were saying because Christ decided that he wanted to save an airplane. Come on. You see, the world is hungry. It's hungry for the reality and the truth of who Jesus is in you and in me. Religion didn't save me. I caught a whiff of that and I said, no, thank you. I don't want the rules and I don't want to be put in a prison. I'm already in a prison. But when I met Jesus, he set me free to love and to love and to love and to love and to love. I loved, he taught me how to love when I should be offended. He taught me how to love when I should hate. He taught me how to love and choose love over and over, and he empowers me to love. 
the homeless, to love the prostitute, to love all of us who are in the process of sanctification. John told me, he said, we have the most blessed life, not because we have riches and wealth, but we have friends and we have people that we love so dearly. It is beyond what money can buy, but we get to love and we are so loved in return. And so this morning, I want to offer you this kind of love. Some of you are needing a supernatural encounter. Some of you came here and you don't really want to be here. Some of you are remembering what it was like when you felt his presence and he poured out his love and his emotions into your heart. And you want that again, but it's so far from you. And so this morning, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I believe that there are many here that don't really know Jesus. I think you think Jesus is the church or a building. And I mean, each one of us here are Jesus in our hearts. You know, we have Jesus in us. But a lot of us have thought, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know what that would mean for my life. But I just want to tell you this morning that whatever it is that you're hanging on to, you need to exchange that this morning for Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. I ask God that you would come. Would you send your angels around this room? Would you speak to our heart? If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.